Hello everyone, welcome to the International Business Podcast. If you work across time zones, borders and cultures, this is the show for you. I'm Leonardo, founder and host of the show, but let's make it simple and just call me Leo. I'm based in Shanghai and I'm accompanied by two co-hosts, Stefano, based in Paris, and Audrey from San Francisco. Coming up on today's episode. So I think the principle hasn't changed uh, from my PR perspective. But how we do it has changed quite a lot by using the online platforms. I think that a lot of common mistakes that Western companies do when they try to open up the Chinese market or reach the Chinese audience are that they don't understand the basic culture and values of China and Chinese people. Hello, international business people. Happy New Year. I know it's a little bit late. It's great to be back after a break, and today is the 80th episode of the show. What a fantastic journey. Today we have Sally. She's a trusted China PR and marketing advisor and thought leader with a mission to empower businesses to fulfill their China dreams. Founder and managing director of 11K Consulting, a luxury PR agency specializing in real estate, interior design, architecture, and luxury. You can find more details about the guest in the show notes. Now, let's get into it. Hi, Sally. I'm glad to have you on. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me today, Leo. I have a straightforward question for you, Sally. Why would you define yourself as an international professional? I will answer this from two angles. Uh, first, physically, uh, I have the fortune uh, to be able to work and live in Hong Kong, Singapore, and London for the past three decades. So by that, I will define myself as an international uh, professional. And also, secondly, because of my work, uh, all our work is to really connect the East and the West uh, across boundaries. Um, so I'm blessed to say that I have those international uh, experience um, to say that I'm an international professional. So in your daily job, you help Western brands to build their China thought leadership through the power of PR and communications. Why is it so important for Western companies to build thought leadership in China? In a nutshell, I would say it's all about trust when we say to build for leadership uh, in China, uh, it means how can we build that trust uh, with Chinese businesses, Chinese consumers. And it is so important because uh, it's not me who say that, but there are a lot of different research reports saying that, um, in fact, seven out of 10 Chinese consumers uh, say that trust is more important today than before. And because of COVID, trust has become even more important uh, in their decision makers uh, when they want to buy a new car, new clothes, or hire a new service, that um, they need to trust them enough in order to use uh, their service. And actually, the number is even higher than those in the West. Uh, it's not just about uh, how good the product is in terms of functionality, but also about the experience, um, the values. Uh, that come all along with that product or company. Um, so that's why if a Western brand wants to be successful in the Chinese market, it has to build a very trusting positioning for leadership in the Chinese market. Let's provide a very brief 
definition, Sally, of thought leadership? How would you define it? Yes, I would say in a simple sentence, it means that you are seen as a leader in a very specific topic, that you are the one who can um, give an in-depth insight to inspire your audience to take actions. So let's say uh, Steve Jobs. So I would describe Steve Jobs was a thought leader because uh, he represented innovation creativity, and he inspired people to be creative, to think outside of the box. Uh, so he was an example of a thought leader. And then uh, maybe I would also use a brand, uh, Unilever. So Unilever is based on sustainability. So we would say that Unilever is a thought leader in sustainability. So when we say thought leader, you have to become famous for a certain thing and people come to you for inspiration, for ideas. So for the past seven years, Sally, you've been delivering award-winning campaigns for multinational and national companies in Asia and also globally. What changes have you seen in the past couple of years because of the pandemic? It's not a secret that everything becomes so digital driven. So in the past, we would do events offline. Uh, we would do media interviews offline. It had to be face-to-face. Um, but because of pandemic, just because we, are all, we were all kind of stuck in our own location, clients couldn't travel, uh, we couldn't do offline events. So one major change is uh, more digital driven that we would do webinars. We would do this kind of podcast, to still constantly communicate our messaging to the target audience. So I think the principle hasn't changed uh, from my PR perspective, but how we do it has changed quite a lot by using the online platforms, uh, not to bombard messages, but still try to communicate what we need to say uh, through the right platforms. And I would say this will continue after COVID because our habits have changed already uh, and we are become more open-minded to both online and offline medium. So I think for brands, again, think about your purpose and your target audience and then decide what are the best ways to communicate your messaging. Before we start the recording, you were telling me about the changes in your LinkedIn posting strategy and how actually well, this platform has been for you in, uh, let's say, 2021. What, what did you do? What are you doing on LinkedIn, Sally? Before COVID, I did use LinkedIn, but not actively uh, and randomly, only randomly. Did not have any strategy, did not have a plan. Uh, but because of COVID and starting on the 1st of January 2021, I set myself a KPI on LinkedIn uh, to do one post per day during weekdays. So that's my target for myself um, and at the time I had around 4,500 followers uh, not a lot and I realized uh, what made really a big difference in terms of increasing followers or making LinkedIn work for me is to take a personal approach I think when people come to LinkedIn they, they are not coming to be sold uh, they don't want to be sold uh, and you can't not like use your sales pitch on LinkedIn as well. So I think what people really want to do is that kind of personal connection with you on LinkedIn. So in the past, I was quite reluctant to talk about my personal ideas or values. Uh, but I think I have 
now become bolder and more focal in terms of what I believe in.、Uh, and I think people do resonate with with my own approach. I mean, there are people who do not like me. That is absolutely fine. But I think being honest、uh, and taking a personal approach on LinkedIn actually really work with people on LinkedIn because at the end of the day, they are still people.、Uh, but just taking it on an online platform. So and it did help me to generate businesses and even attract talents. And even got approached by an award founder to ask me to enter an award for myself because of LinkedIn. So I think if you are willing to share. Uh, with an intention to connect on LinkedIn, it can work、uh, with your consistent efforts. So your work is mainly to help clients to target and influence Chinese high net worth individuals and investors in the UK, Milan, China, and Hong Kong. Can you tell us your top tips on winning their hearts and minds? Yes. So I think when we talk about the super rich people、uh, in China or Chinese people in general, I think it comes down to three things. First, they are very smart people. They are usually the captains in the industries. They know they can feel things.、Uh, they know who they can trust and who they can't. And I think it's down to your professionalism. At the end of the day, you are trying to offer a professional service or advice. So be professional、um, in your approach.、Uh, second thing is to know your boundaries as well. So it's not like. You have to agree with everything they ask you to do.、Uh, so you need to also know when to say no, which then actually gain their respect because you are confident enough to say no to them. So you must be quite good at what you do and know what is good for them. And finally, I think be responsive because they are very time poor. So、uh, try to be flexible. If they ask you for a meeting. Uh, if they want to introduce you to people, don't ask too much detail. Just go for the meeting. Just just be that extra flexible can help you to win their hearts and minds. And I would say it's a long term process to get their trust because they are so busy. And in order to get their trust, you do need to do different small favors consistently over time. This episode is sponsored by International Expansion Explained. Are you looking to expand internationally, but you're not sure where to start, or you export already but would like to venture further overseas? Reach out to arrange an international clarity session and learn more about growth plans at katherineread.com. That is, k-a-t-h-r-y-n-r-e-a-d.com. Singapore, London, Hong Kong. You mentioned these three cities before. What do they have in common, Sally? Yes, I love Hong Kong, where I come from. I love Singapore, where I spent six years of my life, and I love London, where now I'm a British citizen and have lived here for eleven years and see it as my home. I think、uh, three of them in common is that they are very international, <laughs> in the sense that、uh, you constantly meet people who are very inspiring, who are always leaders in their own industries. I don't think I can live in the countryside、uh, for now, and 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 Hong Kong, Singapore, and London give me this、uh, fire and energy, keep me going. And being London as the international hub does help me to do my job. Uh, to connect the east and the west. So you're an entrepreneur and a mom of two young boys. What are your lessons from running your own business while running a busy household? Yes, I think、uh, it is still me 
whether I'm an Argentine pillar, whether I'm a mom, whether I'm a housewife or, or a friend, I think after being a mom, I realized it is so important to really understand what I want to achieve in my life because you only have 24 hours a day and you cannot do everything. So what are really the purposes you want to achieve in your life? So for me, um, I enjoy running my own business. Uh, yes, well, it is to earn money to pay the bills. Uh, for me, the backup purpose is really personal development, like to develop myself through my business. And also uh, as a mom of uh, two years old and five years old boys, again, they teach me about something I don't know myself that I, I could still function without sleeping, for example. So I think uh, at the end of the day, um, we can all multitasking, we can all do what we want to do, but it's down to the big question, uh, what we actually want to do by being a mom or entrepreneur. Uh, and sorry, this is not, not a very long-winded answer, uh, but I think the ultimately being a mom and entrepreneur teach me to be more compassionate, whether in business or uh, in family. Let's get back to, let's say, the bridge between the UK and overall China. When companies try to build bridges between these two, let's say, worlds, what do they tend to do wrong and what can be done to improve the gap? I think that a lot of common mistakes that Western companies do when they try to open up the Chinese market or which the Chinese audience are that they don't understand the basic culture and values of China and Chinese people. For example, there are a few things that we say, don't do that when you try to communicate with Chinese consumers, which include politics, uh, taboo topics, stereotype of Chinese people, and also generalization because China has evolved so quickly. So to give you a specific example, such as uh, a British luxury fashion brand, Burberry, one Chinese New Year campaign a couple of years ago, on their poster, they got lots of super famous Chinese movie star on the poster wearing their new connection. But the problem with this poster was that no one is smiling on the poster when we are talking about Chinese New Year, which is all about happiness, family unions. So I think um, that is a very typical example of big brands not even understanding the spirit and the basic values of our culture. Let's get back to basics one second. How would you define PR? I'm curious. Sure, that is a question I've been asked since I started my PR career 18 years ago and until today. I think PR is a very generic term that a lot of people com uh, get confused. Essentially, I would say, and PR is always a part of marketing, but PR and marketing are separate. So, so PR, essentially, the job is to help a company uh, to build their reputation among their target audience. So if you want to become famous for being a creative thought leader, then we would do different things to build your brand as a creative thought leader. For example, with Nike, uh, they are very big on women empowerment. So then the role for PR is really to find different right opportunities in media, events, partnership, uh, to make people recognize them as the thought leader in women empowerment. So ultimately, PR is a tool 
to help you to build your brand through the right platforms to the right audiences. And as Bill Gates say, if um, he was down to $1, he would spend the money on PR because if you don't have that branding, if you don't have that uh, reputation, um, then you are probably nothing in the sense that people don't know who you are. So PR is the channel to help you to build what you want to become famous for. Sally, I've got one final question I ask everyone who comes on the show. Share with us one moment from your international career, and that has to be a remarkable or memorable moment, and could be a funny, a catastrophic, or a successful one. Your pick. Yes, I will go for the the disaster ones. Nice. <laughs> because usually uh, it's a, the biggest lesson I, I can take from a failure rather than from a success. Um, so there are a lot of failures I have made um, throughout my career. But if I have to pick one, which was my defining moment in my career was my, my split <laughs> with my ex-business partner in my first business. So, uh, so before 11K, I did one another business, my first business with a business partner. But uh, at the time, I thought it was such a disaster that we split after six months. And, and then I came out from that and set up 11K. But that experience really actually a blessing in disguise. Uh, it gave me the confidence to run my business on my own that I thought I was not good enough and therefore I needed a business partner to do this with me. Uh, but that experience taught me that actually uh, I was enough. I could do what I wanted to do. And it just gave me the wisdom and also be more aware of my own style and what I wanted to achieve in business. So I think there were always a lot of failures uh, running a business but I think how to take it as a lesson and do it better is what I've learned um, throughout my career. To wrap this up Sally, after listening to this episode, who should connect with you and tell us a little bit more about your current position and company. So I think uh, if you are interested in being a thought leader in the Chinese market, we can definitely help. If you are interested in building your business relating to China, um, I can also share my experience. And generally, I think it's about making friends uh, <laughs> in my life. So if my story resonates with you or if you have any follow-up questions, please do do uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. As uh, Neil said, I'm crazy on LinkedIn. And about my job, so I run a China-focused luxury and property PR agency based here in London. So our, all our job is to help Western clients who want to target the more high-end markets in China, Hong Kong, and Chinese in the UK. Sally, I want to thank you for your insights. Thank you for joining us on the International Business Podcast. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me. You can find the podcast on all the major platforms. Make sure to subscribe. Do not miss the weekly episodes. And are you an international professional? Connect with us on LinkedIn to come on the show. For now, cheers.